Hi there, this is Kelly Bodden, uh, the host of the Hello Live podcast. Welcome to our Q&A companion episode to Kimberly Wilkinson's uh, earlier episode on life skills classrooms. Kimberly is here with me. Hi, Kimberly. Hi, hello, hello. (laughs) And we're going to go into a little more depth about what she just covered here in a minute, but I wanted to remind you, listeners, that if you haven't already listened to her episode, you uh, totally should. Uh, pause this one, go back, take a listen to what she had to say. There's some like really great stuff in there. Get your 30 minutes of uh, free CEUs for listening and then come on back and listen to this part because this will all make a whole bunch more sense if you do it in the right order. <laughs> Not that there's a right and wrong way, but you know, there sort of is. Um, and you know, who doesn't need more CEUs? So Anywho, thank you so much, Kimberly, for doing this. Sure. It was my pleasure. Oh, it was really, I really enjoyed listening to it. The first thing I wrote down when I was writing down some notes is, I love how you, like, well, it actually turns out it's your fifth point, but it's fun. Like, this is really a fun population. Yes. Yes. And do you did you always feel like that, or did it kind of take you a little while to to warm up to that fact? You know, I don't think it took me a long while. Again, that first year coming out of school when I had close to 80 students, which was quite challenging, I think, as a a new SLP, uh, knowing what to do and how to navigate through that. I was in, you know, six different towns. But I, I feel I did have that AAC specialist that I worked closely with who I thought was great. And I think coming out of school too, you have a lot of energy, you want to do your best. And so you give it everything you've got. And a lot of the things that I talked about in way of different things that you can try happened within that first year, not within the first few months, but once I got to know those kids and once I understood what was going on and I like being able to do things at some point a little bit differently, you know, trying to right. oh, yeah. And so, so, and once I saw the success that we had, then I fell in love with it all. I'm like, you know what? There's so much you can do. And this is just the beginning. Right. And, you know, sort of the best part about doing something right out of grad school is you don't know any better. That's right. (laughs) I feel like that about my first job out of grad school. Like, I mean, if I got that job now, I would think it was impossible. (laughs) I didn't know any better. So, so yeah, you just do it. Um, So I, you know, I have uh, over the years I've been in you know, probably four or five life skills classrooms, maybe, maybe more, I don't know, somewhere right around there. And I always, always felt like consult pushing in. I'm just in there. And part of that comes from an early childhood background. Um, but also, I mean, it just makes sense. However, so I really like that you, you were talking about that. However, it is sometimes a really hard sell. Do you I ever, agree. Do you yeah. find that? Yeah. Why, why Why? do you think that is? That's a really good question. Um, I think perhaps people see, perhaps people know, hey, there's a speech room and other kids go to the speech room, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Right. So why are you in the classroom? But again, the goals and the overall focus is quite a bit different from the that R or S kid that comes down to your speech room. Oh, totally. And I know... What I found with general ed teachers and even special ed teachers is that oftentimes they don't 
always know what we do. They, they yes. don't know what we can give, what we contribute, how things can work. So there's a lot of education I have realized that has to happen almost every single year. Again, I usually am in a different district. I, right. I do a lot of contract work, so I, I do different things each year. And I've realized, okay, I just I get to educate. But right. when you approach, my experience has been when you approach and share with them why it's going to be better for them and how it's going to be more effective for their kids, then they're like, oh, okay. And so they're they're more willing to to try and I think too, when you just, which is what we do, when you are telling them, listen, I want to help you. How can I best support your student right. in your classroom? Right. Then they understand, Hey, someone's here to help me, not just add one more thing to my plate. Right. And yes, I completely agree. And I think, um, when you frame the conversations in that way, like, how can I help you, uh, it, it tends to bring defenses down. And the other thing is I have found it just takes some time. Sure. You know, it just takes a little bit of time and you have to sort of, um, sometimes folks get a little territorial and a little defensive and, you know, um, it's just like, I suppose like anything else, it's some trust building. Um, right. but I have, I have found that to be challenging. I'm like, look, this is just this is the best thing this is the way we got to do it just get on board come on you know they don't always see it my way (laughs) um so i was really hoping that you would be willing to share your that uh great um what five points or the role of slps in the aac in the um life skills classroom will you share that with us can we put that on the uh, website Absolutely. Awesome. I, I would love to. And it's divided. So what I read was what the speech pathologist role is in that type of setting. And then I'll include this with it as, as this particular um, colleague in my, of mine, as we were developing this, since he was the AAC specialist, he also showed what an AAC specialist does in a life skills class. That's awesome. So he de- we divided it into that. There's a lot that overlaps. But I am happy to share that. That would be great. And then also um, we will put your links up on there too because those are some great ones. There's a couple in there that um, I knew about. And then um, the Bridging Apps one, I do not not know about that one. So I'm going to go check that out. Sure. Um, But yeah, so we'll put all that stuff up on the uh, website so folks can can, uh, look at it. Um, So what... Uh, earlier this week, we asked on Twitter if anybody had any questions. And um, Courtney Peters, she said her big, one of her biggest challenges right now is having to align stuff with Common Core. You know, when you're trying to teach functional skills and but you're getting the mandate that it's common core, common core, common core. And I, um, last year was in a a placement where I was having the same challenges. You know, it's kind of um, it's tough. Do you, are you facing that at all at any of your spots? You know what? Not, I'll say right now, no. Okay. Especially not in the life skills setting that has not, um, become an issue Mm -hmm. yet. But, and so I don't know that I have a lot to add to that. I, I guess my thought is that we're always trying, even with general ed kids, hopefully we're trying to align at least a portion of what we do with the curriculum that's happening in the class. Right. So as long as teachers have that curriculum, 
if they're following the common core and we know what that curriculum is, then we're still doing the same thing that we hopefully are always doing, which is supporting what they're teaching in class. Right. Right. And I, uh, of course I can't remember right off the top of my head, but I did find something last year. It was a nice resource online, of course, that was, um, kind of talking about foundational skills and how, um, how to like sort of dial back, like, okay, so we know third graders are supposed to whatever it is they're supposed to do. I don't have the core memorized yet, but but, you know, whatever there is, they're supposed to do, but then what's the foundational skill to that? Um, I can't, gosh, I wish I could remember where I'd found that. If I find it, I will put it up on this, uh, in the show notes for this podcast. Yeah. Oh, I totally will. And then, um, Courtney also said she also is challenged by, um, the, of course, by generalization, which is sort of the plight of speech paths everywhere, I suppose, uh, no matter what setting you're in. Um, but especially related to independence with, and communication with this population, it can be tough, uh, mm-hmm. to get parents to buy in to sort of letting their kids struggle with communication at home. Uh, do you have any hot tips on that? Any words of wisdom about how to help parents feel, feel better when they're feeling uncomfortable, when their kids screaming from the other room and you want them to use their device or whatever. Right. And you know, I guess that the advice to those parents is the same advice I give to myself. <laughs> right. right. It's like, I, I have this goal of mine. I have this desire and I have this ideal. Hey, in 30 minutes, we're going to do A, B, C, D, and E. And man, if we get through half of A, I think that 30 minutes, <laughs> yeah. we still have made progression. And so that's the same thing is that with these kids and truly with all of us, right? We may not have significant communication impairments, but we all have weaknesses. And so our progression is different wherever we're at in life. And with these kids, especially, we have to be willing to understand that those small steps are actually big steps. And because these kids do need a lot of repetition and a lot of visual, tactile, uh, verbal support, that those little baby increments are actually okay. And that we have to work on some of those basic things in order to um, tackle some of the manifestations, whether it's through the behaviors or um, through things that we just don't like that are happening still. We have to target those foundational things, as as you pointed out first. And then as we target those things, hopefully the behaviors and the progression that we want to see will follow, but it just takes time. Right. I mean, it's that baby steps piece, and you talked about that as well. I mean, you talked about that, the reframing success, and really, I think my... I, what I often tell parents in that generalization piece is just like set that baby step goal. Let's like say, okay, what can you tolerate? Can you tolerate working on this for whatever, you know, one meal time a week or whatever it is, but mm-hmm. just some little piece um, that helps with those, with the baby steps. Right. And, and, uh, but that's hard. That's, that's hard sitting. And I, I mean, 
I'm sure you've had the same experience when you're sitting in a meeting and parents want more and more practice, you know, more services and more progress. And um, those are some pretty nuanced conversations to have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things too, that as I've spoken with parents in those meetings, and again, this is just kind of education for parents and all of the IEP team members is that communication is something that we do all day. Right, right, right. right. And so I'm not there to fix or cure communication issues, but I'm there to support what's happening all day, every day anyway. Right. And so that, that's my role and my piece. And I'm thrilled to be able to offer help, whether it's at school or certainly um, tips and tricks for what you can do at home. But that, because communication is, Really, I think an innate trait of all of us human beings. No, that, totally. Yeah, that, that is something that is should be happening all day, and um, so I'm just there to support it. I'm not there to fix it. Right. And do you use um, the communication matrix at all? You know, I have. If, if I if I'm thinking of the the one as you say that I'm thinking something comes to my mind I believe I have not recently yeah because I don't have uh the students I'm working with right now um I don't know that that would apply to them as well sure yeah that's something that um I I love that tool and I will also I'm writing myself a little note to include um the that in our show notes as well but that tool is really nice to um, talk about that piece of communication is everywhere. It's all the time. And even when, I mean, the, the most impacted kids who are really sort of uh, respond, barely responding to stimulus, but still we're seeing some, you know, the communication matrix does a really nice job of breaking it down. Like what are those foundational skills? And, um, that, that this is what communication looks like in its earliest form. Right. Um, yeah. And I have actually, now that I think about it, I've used that for, um, parents and for IEP team, uh, team members as well, um, to, you know, I've done it with everybody in the class and then it has such a nice visual in, uh, output that shows exactly where they are. Like I'm a visual junkie. So I, mm-hmm. I really, I love I that. Like it, it Yeah. has sort of grayed out bits, like what's coming, what they've mastered. So, um, that's a really nice thing to use as well. That's a good idea. I would say I need to look at my files and pull that out. Again. Yeah. And it's all, I mean, I love it. It's all online. They can, you can keep updating it. Um, there was one placement I had sort of short term, cause that's the other thing that's a bummer about this population is that oftentimes speech paths are bouncing in and out of those classrooms and there isn't that, uh, real longevity. I mean, be, I don't know. I don't know why I'm not even going <laughs> to offer hypothesis, right. but, um, I was just in this classroom for real short term and I thought, what can I do 
because I knew I wasn't going to be able to establish a really lasting relationship. But I did that communication matrix with every kid. I put it, you know, in the front of their working file. And so whoever came after me, they at least had that. Um, Yeah. So that was a nice, it was a nice thing. I mean, who knows if they actually used it, but it made me feel good. And it certainly, the teacher loved it. She really loved having that. Um, And I think it's helpful too, when talking, especially with parents, always in a a team meeting, always to show, hey, this is what the student does and what they can do. Yeah, right. they want what they can, but look at what look they at are every- doing. Yeah, and then this is where we're going. Like here's here's the end game. You know, we're maybe we're you know working on turning your head to reject, but that leads to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. So I think also it helps to see the long the long term as well as the short term. Sure. Um, so I guess we should probably wrap it up, but I really, I just, I loved every, what you said, especially at the end there about getting outside and having fun. And, um, that's one of the, I think the best things about working with this population is that, that you do have the chance to do some more kind of fun stuff that you wouldn't ordinarily get to do if you're just if you're doing the uh articulation language kind of scene right absolutely and it provides those students an opportunity for fun right as well as working on those communication skills but um that example i gave about the the soils unit it showed i'm a big advocate and fan for service learning for all kids but that shows how you can take what you're learning and then contribute and certainly these, you know, vocational skills is really important for these kids, particularly as they get up into the middle and high school grades. And so this is kind of an area to show, hey, there are these these types of jobs and skills available that these kids can succeed at. And so we want to give them those opportunities as much as we can. Yeah. And you just never know what they're going to hook on. You know, right. you just don't know like, oh my gosh, look at them. They love digging in the dirt or whatever it is. I mean, you yeah. might discover something that... Uh, that you could even use in the classroom as motivation or whatever. So I, I, yeah. And also I, I think it's of course great for society at large, like to really, uh, be, have, uh, all sorts of people of all sorts of abilities as part of their daily experience. And so the more, the more we can all be out there and waving our flag, then, you know, I think the better off we're all going to be Right, <laughs> changing the world. That's, that's my little, that's my little, let's change the world speech for the day. Good. Well, thank you so much, Kimberly. Yes, you're welcome. And I just want to, um, uh, remind all of our loyal listeners that you can visit our blog, um, at www.thehellofoundationschools.com and we'll have it might be how you arrived at this podcast but I know that people come at us from all different places so you can visit us there and we'll have all those links we talked about Kimberly's great uh, five kind of uh, what what are we calling them? Five points uh, to remember for what the role of the SLP is in the life skills classroom. Um, you will also have access there to all of our other podcasts. Um, you can subscribe to our Hello Live podcasts on iTunes. 
It's a great way to have them delivered directly to your device. And of course, we always want to hear from you. So you can leave us a comment on the blog. Kimberly, is that uh, a good way to get in touch with you? Like we can pass those comments on to you. Does that work for you? Yep, that would be great. Okay. And then, um, so you can do that if you have a question for Kimberly. She's very nice and she will happily answer your questions. I will. Yeah. And um, you can also, of course, hook up with us on the Twitter. Our handle there is at the hello found or on Facebook. Um, Let us know what you think, what you'd like to hear, questions, you know, whatever else you want to share. Um, Yeah, so thanks again, Kimberly, and thanks everybody for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.